Good morning. This is Fordham Conversations. I'm Robin Shannon. The art of storytelling has taken many forms. Perhaps the oldest is the oral tradition, that is, passing culture and information through the spoken word. Fordham University is continuing this tradition with Fordham Voices, an audio archived collection of stories that bring some of the most defining moments of college life alive for the listener. Today I'm in the studio with Fordham's Alumni Relations Director, Catlin Trammell, who will discuss the benefits of this oral history project, and we'll also hear from some Fordham grads on their college experiences and how it helped shape them into the people they are. Catlin, how did the idea to record an oral history of Fordham University develop? It was really the brainchild of Joe McLaughlin in our marketing and communications department, and he had done it working with a previous university, actually. And as you mentioned, it is a great tradition of passing along history and keeping things alive and, and going. And so Joe brought the idea to Fordham, and we kicked it off last year with Jubilee in 2009. So it's a relatively new program, one that's taken off like wildfire. And as we collect the stories and get a better feel for um, how to really direct them and get the most out of them, because they are short segments, um, we're going to keep it going and, and hopefully bring it into more programs than just Jubilee. Now explain what Jubilee is for those of the listeners who don't know what Jubilee is. It is our reunion program that happens for Fordham College Rose Hill graduates. It encompasses other programs, Thomas More College and some of the other programs that have been wrapped in over the years. So there are several different graduates who are involved in Jubilee Weekend, but it happens each June here on the Rose Hill campus and we really do it up well and it's quite a successful program and a weekend of gathering and celebration to remember your years at Fordham and celebrate with your classmates every five years since. Take me through the process. What were the steps that had to be done to get this project off the ground? It's really quite simple uh, with the evolution of recording equipment equipment as it is. Um, it's a simple process, which actually helps the program grow immensely. And there's a small handheld recording piece that's very easy to get around and get close to a lot of people. And it's digital recording. It records in an MP3 format, so we can almost immediately, after some very slight editing, put it up online. Um, so it's really just about getting the immediate reaction of people when you approach them, and we like to guide it as little as possible to get the most genuine response. And that was my question. What is What are you going after? What stories do you look for? Really, what's the first thing that comes to mind when alumni are asked about their Fordham experience? And that, I think, is really represented in the array of stories online and everything from meeting the love of your life to... There are a couple of stories about getting away with things, you know, um, and, you know, late night extravaganzas and things like that. But it's really up to the alum, you know, that gets asked and what is their most kind of top of mind representation of their time at Fordham. And we have an example of one of these stories. Gabriel Vitalone from the class of 1944 shares his memories of an impromptu football rally that spread a little further than intended. We had a freshman banquet. The college had a freshman banquet. We had it at the Hotel Roosevelt in New York City. And um, after the banquet was over, the president of our class, we had 400 freshmen in 1940. Uh, the president of, uh, of our uh, class said we were going to have a class meeting in front of Father Duffy's statue in Times Square. So we went from the Hotel Roosevelt out in front of Father Duffy's statue, and we had... A, uh, a class meeting and since we were playing NYU football at that time in a short period of time um, we um, 
we turned it into a football rally and went around chanting Times Square saying, beat NYU, beat NYU. We marched into all of the hotels where all the big bands were. There was, uh, I mean, uh, Jimmy Dorsey was there, Sammy Kay, Will Bradley, uh, and we went into each of the hotels, walked into the ballroom, told the uh, 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 requested that the orchestra play uh, the Ram, and we would sing the Ram. And we went from from uh, uh, hotel to hotel to hotel, five hotels, before we began to lose our group. Uh, we thought we had gotten away with something, but when we got back to a week later, an article comes out in the New Yorker magazine, and it's entitled uh, uh, Beat NYU and Beat Fordham Two. And the author of the article uh, told a story about how he was romancing his girlfriend going from hotel to hotel. In every hotel that he went at, these ruffians came in and ruined his romantic <laughs> evening. So, Catlin, what benefits do you see this oral history providing? I mean, not only to those interested in Fordham, but to anyone who wants to hear about history from the mouths of those who have experienced it. I think, oh, there are so many benefits, but I think just preserving and the culture of Fordham. It, these stories are really what makes Fordham unique. They're great representations of why people came to Fordham and why they still love it. And I think it's really interesting when you listen to the stories, because there's such an array of them, especially over the decades, you can say hear that same kind of heart and passion um, from people who graduated five years ago to people who graduated 60 years ago. And that's the continuum, but it's that affinity and preserving that affinity and having that authenticity of the alumni and their own words and their perspective um, it's just a really unique way of preserving that history, but also bridging the gap of the generations and keeping it going. Now, we always hear, you know, the cliche, your time at college is going to be some of the best years of your life. I heard it. You know, I know so many people who, who can recite the cliche. So what is it about the college experience that really brings about such defining moments in a person's life? What do you think? I think it's a combination of things. I think a lot of it... When you're talking about traditional age students, I think if you really look at the transformation an individual goes through between that 18 to 20 year old stage, um, you're a young adult. You're really going through a lot of things for the first time. Fordham is um, full of non-traditional students as well. So I don't think that it's limited by that as by any means, but I think that it's just a unique time in your life, and now you take into account living in your first social community outside of your parents' home, or even commuter students and the different world that they're really exposed to, um, and then you couple it with some of the unique features of Fordham with the Jesuit tradition and Jesuit education, the education of the entire person, things like that. That's what makes Fordham unique on top of the traditional college experience. And we also have a gentleman, John Tognito, who talks about being a non-traditional student and his experience as a member of the class of 1975. Let's listen. Wherever I go and I'm wearing my name tag, people will see that I graduated Fordham College of Liberal Studies, 1975, and thus think that I am a young guy. <laughs> However... They should only know <clears throat> that had I gone to college in the normal calendar, I would have been in the class of 1960. <laughs> I couldn't afford to go to college, and it took me 12, 
years after 1960 till about 1972 when I finally got this smart enough to come to Fordham. So I remind everyone that don't be fooled by the fact, in fact, even at the dinner last night, one of the people sitting at our table at the, uh, at the granite, granite dinner was class of 75, and he saw my name, and he said, oh, we're in the same class, you know, you're a young guy. I hate to be the bearer of bad news <laughs> and so forth. He's on our board of trustees and very involved and a great representative of Fordham and the alumni community. And he mentions in his segment how many years it took him to actually get to college and through college. So his degree year is a little bit behind the traditional student and people often find, you know, a little misrepresentation with the, maybe the way he appears. So being uh, heading up the alumni relations, uh, being the director, alumni relations director, what have you learned about the college experience and how it has helped young people develop into adults? Well, that's forever changing. Um, as our society changes, the expectations we put upon college students continues to change. I also think with education specifically, you know, when I was in school, it was considered an expectation to get your bachelor's degree. I think now it's fair to say that most people are expected to get your bachelor's degree and then some. And that has changed the way we deal with alumni as well as obviously the way we focus undergraduate education because it's really preparing them for the next step, be that a career or further education. Also, um, we are looking at more holistic approaches to alumni relations in terms of providing alumni relations for not only our undergraduate students, but our graduate students as well. Um, We're working really closely with the graduate schools and our deans and directors here at Fordham to figure out how are those needs of graduate students are both unique and the same as what what we do for our undergraduates. What are you finding? I think that, well, part of what we're finding is that they have a lot of the same needs, career services, I think across the board, everyone needs that lifelong. Um, we're trying to be very reactive and proactive about the economy and how that changes the needs. Social and and uh, career networking obviously is always a priority. So what are the best venues and how can we get our alumni connected to each other? Technology is always a challenge, but I think that we're doing some great things with wrapping, it, wrapping in um, things like Facebook and other social utilities to be able to reach our alumni and really connecting them to each other. I really think that that is a priority for us and one of our greatest services we can provide is letting our alumni know who each other are, be it here in New York or regionally. We have a great regional program, but if they can use each other as a resource for social or career networking, that's a lot of, you know, some great stuff that can happen without us having to be truly involved with it but setting that platform. And I have noticed that the I did find the Fordham University online on Facebook. Um, what have you noticed about uh, some of the comments that people have maybe made on Facebook about the college, about the school, about their experience? It's largely positive. I really, I, I mentioned this last summer when I first started working for Fordham. I'm really taken aback in a great way by the overwhelming loyalty and positive experiences and positive um, image that Fordham has in in our alumni minds. One of those alum is Philip Lynch from the class of 1956. He shares his positive and funny Fordham experience. I was sitting in the room at the dormitory and a friend came in and he said, you know what squash is? And I thought it was something to eat. And he told me it was a game played with a racket indoors, and they needed 
takes three more guys to finish out the ladder, they call it, the team, to play against Army in two weeks at West Point. So I said, well, what have I got to lose? So I went down and practiced a couple of times, went up to West Point and got creamed. I don't think I scored a point. And I played varsity squash for two years at Fordham, won two varsity letters, got a nice jacket with a big block F on it, and never won one single match or one point, I don't think, in the two years that I played. Probably the biggest fraud in Fordham's history. <laughs> but any case, I told you about Bill Crowley. My friend said to me one day we were here, and I was telling him about my squash and I had won the letters and what a fraud it was and he said to me well, what the heck he said you were in the glee club and you couldn't sing either so it goes along with your whole life story <laughs> amusing story <laughs> I'm Robin Shannon this is Fordham Conversations on 90.7 WFUV so Catlin Fordham Voices which is the oral history of the college is done during Fordham's Jubilee now some colleges call this homecoming so tell me about the whole process for setting up this alumni weekend. How does it all start? Because this is actually the catalyst to Fordham Voices. Well, it's uh, like most things we do. It's an annual process, and the minute one is over, we are already planning the next one. Um, but I should say that I have an extraordinary team that I work with, and be it Jubilee or any other program that we run, I was very, very fortunate to join just a really wonderful team of people. Um for Jubilee, we really do work on it year-round, and I think that that's something that maybe not everyone knows how much work goes into it. But to put up a tent on Eddie's Parade and to have about 1,500 alumni back to campus for as many as three days, you can imagine the resources that go into this. Um, we have so many programs running simultaneously all over campus. Uh, we have golf carts with Ram Van drivers going every which way. We have about 100 student workers that we hire for that weekend alone just to help direct people, guide people, and help us turn over all of the event space that we use. We really do take over the entire campus and make it work. So. And what are some of the activities that you have going on? The alumni have come back and said, that was fun. Well, uh, our Golden Rams are our first audience, and they are actually graduates who are 50 years out and beyond. So once you are inducted into the Golden Rams, you're invited to come back for Jubilee annually. And so on Friday night, we have a Golden Ram dinner, and they all start coming back to campus about 4 or 5 in the afternoon, and they check into the dorm. So people actually live here on campus for the weekend again. Oh, wow. Um, one of the things that they always remark upon is the difference in dorm quality. <laughs> I can believe it. So, <laughs> From, like, what, the 1950s till now? Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> what are um, some of the things that they've noticed are different? Right. So you can imagine when the new dorms open up next fall, they're all the rage. I already have people asking if we'll be able to use those for Jubilee. So that's always fun. But With the their golden, fingers crossed. Like, exactly. Uh -huh. <laughs> Air conditioning is of a premium. So um, the Golden Rams come back on Friday and they have a dinner, McGinley and a ball, and they dance until all hours of the night. And it's just high energy and really a wonderful time for them. And then most people start coming back throughout the day on Saturday. We have family picnics. We have mass. We have an honors reception all kinds of programs. We also have individualized class cocktail parties on Friday night so they can get together. With and their old class of with 75, their old 85. Exactly. Mm -hmm. um, and then Saturday night, the gala under the tent on Eddie's Parade and President's Club reception. And um, we did an induction into the Hall of Honors last year. 
Um, so as you can see, a huge array of events. Um, and then it all culminates on Sunday morning. There's a brunch and farewells. This is Fordham Conversations. I'm Robin Shannon. I'll be right back with more from Alumni Relations Director Catlin Trammell, who's discussing the oral history project Fordham Voices. Hi, I'm George Boldarki. New York City is full of surprises, and we love discovering them each week on Cityscape. It's a show we like to describe as an exploration of the people, places, and spirit of New York. Listen for it Saturday mornings at 7.30, right after Fordham Conversations. You never know what we'll discover. Now, in the process of this, um, members of the alumni and students went around with recording devices, mm -hmm. uh, talking to different generations of Fordham alum. Right. Um, what would you say would be one of the biggest benefits that you find personally of the whole process of getting everybody together to talk about their experience? Well, I think particularly doing this, collecting these stories at Jubilee, it's a time where the alumni are already feeling nostalgic. So they're already in the mindset for this. Um, but having that captive audience and that array, so we're looking at from five years out to the oldest living alumni that we have, all on campus at one time. Do you know who that is? I believe there are members of the class of 1943 is our oldest living alumni that I'm aware of. Mm -hmm. Um, so, I mean, you can imagine this array of people who are as young as 27 having their first reunion ever to the people who are having, you know, upwards of their 60th. It's really quite amazing. So there's a lot of comparison. There's a lot of people exchanging stories with each other. And having something like this happening really encourages that dialogue and for people to share their own personal experience maybe with somebody outside of their class or somebody from a different generation that may not have had that interaction otherwise. Now, you've heard some of the storytelling that the alumni have, have done, uh, whether they be a, a graduate of 1940 or a graduate of 1990 or 2000. So have you noticed any differences in the storytelling between a person that graduated, let's say, in the class of 1943 as opposed to the class of 2000? I think... I think one of the differences is a little bit of that, oh, the glory days. I think things get a little more um, positive with more distance, mm -hmm. but I think that's a nice way to tell a story, too. I think some of the more recent stories will tell you about some of the glitches, um, be it in a meeting somebody or some of the adversities that they faced. But overall, um, they're all so positive. It's really great. So let's talk about the college experience. I'd like to play some stories from alumni who took part in uh, Fordham's Voice Archive project. So we're going to start with Leonard Baker. He graduated in 1949, and he shared his experience about diversity. I always thought it was uh, very wonderful that in a, in a Catholic Jesuit university, uh, that there was so, so many of my classmates in 19, from 1945 to 1949, when I was a student here, that were Jewish boys, Jewish young men. And uh, I just think it's marvelous. And uh, one of them was a man named George Nash, who uh, unhappily has passed away. But when I mentioned that to George, who was Jewish, 
He said, well, Len, that the reason we want, uh, all us Jewish kids like to go there is because uh, the Jesuits have been teaching for 400 years, so they should be good at it by now. <laughs> and we laughed about that. And as I said, Joe, the other thing that intrigues me no end is every time I, I'm downtown and I, I pass uh, the Lowenstein Hall, and I think it's beautiful, Lowenstein. I'm sure Lane Lowenstein was a Jewish man, and he obviously gave millions of dollars to help the Jesuits put up this beautiful building on 60th Street. So God bless him for that. And, uh, it just makes me very proud of the, of the Jesuits and of Fordham uh, that uh, they have this enormous love of all men, which is, of course, as you know, the soul of the Christian message of love, kindness, brotherhood. Uh, you know, just there's no end to uh, the amount of love that Jesus asked us to practice and that the Jesuits uh, teach so beautifully here at Fordham. I, I know Len, actually. I Do met you? him at Jubilee at the Golden Ram dinner last year, and I've seen him a couple of times since then. He's a well-known alumnus, um, great guy, great storyteller, and um I thought his story was remarkable, and actually this speaks a little bit to your question about the differences we see. I think some of the terminology and the phrasing that Len uses, even talking about diversity, really is representative of how far the whole country has come, as well as Fordham as an institution, and just the way he refers to diversity and how remarkable it was in the 40s when he was a student, and how he refers to his other alumni and things like that. That's really remarkable, but it's also such a great statement on Fordham that 60, 70 years ago, diversity was a focus as it is today. Now, something else that happens quite often on college campuses, a little romance. Uh, numerous uh, alumni have um, met in, at Fordham U and, and fallen in love. And uh, here's an example of two. This is Scott and Grace. Scott graduated from Fordham in 1989, Grace in 1988. Uh, when I came to Fordham as a freshman, my first job at Fordham was driving the Ram van. And when I was a junior, um, Grace uh, used to take the van down to Lincoln Center and I noticed her by looking in my rear view mirror. I used to look forward to uh, all of the visits uh, when Grace was heading downtown, and uh, then, we, then we got introduced. And when I told people that we were dating, they said, "Not the Ram Van driver who constantly changes the music, looks at himself in the mirror constantly, drives really fast down to Lincoln Center." And I said, "Yeah, that guy." <laughs> and then so we started dating. Right. And uh, we both uh, graduate. I graduated in 89, and Grace graduated in 88. And in 1990, I decided I wanted to propose to Grace. So we went to eat at one of the Italian restaurants off campus. And I had prearranged with the uh, gentleman who was running the Ram Band service. I asked, I said, you know, I'd like to propose in a real special way. So uh, would you please let me borrow the keys to the Ram Band? because I'd like to drive around and actually propose inside the van. And, of course, I didn't tell Grace or a couple of our friends, uh, Chris Koch, who was also class of 89. Um, 
And, and so we came, and I said, you know, let's, let's uh, after dinner, let's walk on the campus. It'll be a nice little walk in the winter. And as we're walking, I said, you know, it's a little chilly. Maybe I can get the keys. Maybe they'll let me drive around, and we'll take a tour. And Grace said, they're not going to let you drive. You, you don't go to school here anymore. And I said, ah, they might remember me. And I went upstairs, and I came down like two minutes later with the keys, and, and everyone was really surprised. We got in. We took a quick little tour of the campus and then I stopped I let my friends out I said Grace hang on just a minute uh, and, and I drove up about a hundred yards right behind Alumni North and Fordham Prep and she said why are you stopping and I got down on my knees in between the two seats and I proposed and Grace said yes and in 91 we got married at Fordham at, at, the, uh, at the church and we're married now 18 years a great story of romance at Fordham wouldn't you say Oh, I think it's fantastic, and certainly not the only one. Um, but the Ram Band actually plays a huge part in several people's memories. So oh. romance, Ram Band, I'm starting to think they go hand in hand. <laughs> Have you heard of any other stories? Uh, romance stories, absolutely. I actually, my very first time on the Fordham campus was for a wedding of two of my friends who got married uh, fall of 08. So I came to the chapel, and it was a beautiful September day for my friends Ronnie and Sophia, and that was my first experience with Fordham was a romantic story. And they met so here? They met here. Uh, they both graduated in 1999 and got married last year and um, are living happily ever after. So it's certainly a common story here at Fordham, but a good one. And college is definitely a time for lessons learned. And we're going to hear from uh, David in the 1960s about some of the lessons they learned and the fun times they had here at Fordham University. I learned from going to some literary wine and cheese events that used to take place regularly in the second floor of the student center, now called the McGinley Center, about a hilarious prank that some upperclassmen played on some faculty. What they did was they invented an Italian poet named Enrico Pavoni. And in inventing this poet, they also created a body of work and a body of critical literature about this poet, and they spread the buzz around that he was coming to New York and was available for interviews, and they were so persuasive that they actually managed to persuade the department chair of French, uh, uh, French and Italian uh, to invite this person onto WFUV for an interview. Of course, at that point, they had to confess that he didn't exist. But a good laugh was had by all. And if you like, I'll quote you one of Enrico Pavoni's immortal poems. Even if Lake Titicaca were not the highest navigable body of water in the world, I would still love you. That's Enrico Pavoni. <laughs> I think that just speaks to the entrepreneurial nature of our students here at Fordham. And clearly it was before Google existed. Right. <laughs> but you got to love those funny stories that that, uh, that develop and how original some students can be or alumni can be. Yeah, and convincing. They certainly know how to make an argument. Now, Catlin, what would you like to leave our listeners with um, as far as the Fordham Voices goes or this college in general? Well, I think we'd like to see this program continue to grow and the archive to continue to grow. Our alumni obviously are our greatest resource, a, a treasure of the university, and to have their experience in their own words is 
invaluable. Um, we've talked with our marketing communications department about bringing this to our regional programs. We have so many successful regional chapters and it'd be great to be able to get some perspectives from all over the country as well. So it's a great program. We're happy to have it and keep it going. And if some of our listeners want to hear these stories again or some of the other stories that are archived, where can they go? To Fordham.edu and if you click on the main page on the e-newsroom, You'll find all of our archives right there. My thanks to Fordham Alumni Relations Director Catlin Trammell and everyone involved with Fordham Voices. You can hear Fordham Conversations every Saturday at 7 a.m. You can also friend us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, and catch up on past shows with our weekly podcast. This has been Fordham Conversations on 90.7 WFUV. Stay with us. George Bodarkey and Cityscaper next. For Fordham Conversations, I'm Robin Shannon, leaving you with one last comment. This one from Eileen Halligan, class of 1959, discussing her experience at 302 Broadway, Fordham's bygone college that was once in Manhattan. 302 Broadway was totally different from the usual concept of a college. It was an old office building with elevators that often didn't work, and the classrooms were drafty. However, there was a camaraderie, and that particularly at the end of exams, everyone would gravitate to the Reedway, and the Reedway was the local bar on Reed Street. And there you would meet everybody from, you know, the, the uh, uh, law school was in it, and the girls in the, the uh, um, school of ed always had their eyes for the law school boys, and also the school of business was in the same thing. So that many relationships were started in the Reedway. Volare. Oh,